You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. And with me today is BJ and Eri. Uh, BJ, perhaps you'd like to say just a, a little about yourself. I'm BJ and I'm from Eagle Leather in Abbotsford, which is a fetish store. Um, it's been operating since 1994. Uh, we deal mainly in fetish gear and sexual education programs as well. Fantastic. And Eri, who are you? Hi, I'm Eri and I run Blue Velvet Arts, which primarily hosts workshops on rope bondage, BDSM, kink, and cultivating positive sexuality. Fabulous. And so to today's question, which is, what's topping from the bottom? <sighs> I, I'm thinking like good luck to us even in just defining <laughs> yeah, this accurately or well. Um, so complex. There's so much to this. I don't know. Let's start with the definition. Um, I'll take a stab at it then. Thanks. That'd be great. Um, for the most basic understanding, I would say topping from the bottom. So to clarify, bottom would be this submissive position in a cha- power exchange experience. Um, so the bottom, or not submissive, but the, the bottom being the receiver, receiver. yes, yeah. the activity is then in some way, either verbally or in some other nonverbal way, manipulating the events of the scene. So yeah. sort of um, usurping the control of that scene so or the, directing the activities. So in theory, the top is taking more responsibility for where the scene goes and controlling activities and making some judgment calls and things like that. But in... Mm-hmm practice in the case of topping from the bottom somehow the bottom the receiver is attempting to or is controlling things is that, is that our working look i wouldn't know anything about topping from the <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> um, oh look there's there, there's such a gray area and and mm. you know because topping yep. from the bottom could also be really beneficial for both people as well um yeah there's topping from the bottom where it can go so far to where you're almost exploiting or not only manipulating but you're you know where, where i feel like some I've, I've seen some scenarios where the bottom's topping from the bottom so much where it becomes a little bit offensive mm. and i think then the, the the dominant then has a right to say look, it's over like you know like the, we're, we're stopping it now um mm. because i don't feel comfortable i feel like i'm being instructed yeah. um where there's other experiences where you could be just doing it to where the, the dominant might be learning a, a certain mm. activity on somebody um and we're- the bottom might be exp- the bottom might even be inexperienced themselves and they might be topping from the bottom by saying you know this is how it feels to me. I'm just learning as well. There's so much to it because sometimes if you're trying to top a scene and the bottom is actually um, uh, controlling or interrupting or whatever they're doing, um, it can be incredibly tiring. It can lack pleasure. It can be downright unsafe. Yep. But I think it is also trying to determine what where the line is between the bottom giving feedback that's necessary Yes. To know how things are going, how they're yeah. reacting to the scene, and then transgressing over into that feedback, then becoming commanding 
or yeah, well, usurping. Well, there's at least four different categories of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and list them. One is bratty behaviour, where you have both agreed that there's going to be bratty behaviour going on, and maybe the purpose of the scene is actually to break the brat or something like that, mm-hmm. or get them into submission. Another is, as we say, topping from the bottom. Another is just plain out good old fashioned good feedback, which is absolutely essential. Um, but sometimes the line between between feedback and brattiness is not so clear. And the fourth category I can think of is almost like um, if you are topping from the bottom in a really good way, you can actually be pacing your top and helping to guide them towards things that they might like. It's particularly useful. It's a really subtle, complex thing. If as the bottom, you are the more experienced, trained player and someone is topping you, you can actually use your experience and skills to hint and guide and suggest. And even just with the positivity of your meows at the right time or or whatever feedback you're giving, you can kind of guide. Does that make sense that there's all these different well, there's also another, the other one, which is which could refer to as a service top as uh-huh. well, yeah. where, you know, the, the top decides that, you know what, well, I might have the, the, the bottom of my feet caned by my submissive, but I'm going to have them done in a way that's quite therapeutic mm. or in a, in a massage way. Or there's also other, you know, there's other references to where somebody, where almost, um, oh, it's, this is where the grey area is. Yeah. You could almost... If you're a man getting fucked by another man, you might you might be getting fucked and and saying you know fuck my ass you know <laughs> really fuck it now stop yeah you know yeah, yeah now fuck me again or you know or something like that and having you know and that's almost bordering on <laughs> topping from the the bottom in it's some way with a passive, really passive fine line kidding. there's so many different different kind of avenues you could look at from topping for the bottom so yeah. it's it's kind of I don't. I think there's a, like a like we can't pigeonhole it too much. You know what I mean? I think yep. that there's this broad spectrum of of feed where it goes from giving feedback, learning each other, learning experiences. Maybe even if you're topping from the bottom, you're actually becoming a better um, passive receiver or submissive. Or like you know, I know that for myself, like I can take a lot of torture on my cock, but my balls, I, you know, my knees bang together pretty quickly. Right, yep, 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 yep. yep. But I might want to go further into that and experience that. So in that case, maybe it's important that I do give a lot of feedback where some people from an outsider might see it as topping from the bottom, but we're both um, gaining experience. I've, I've actually heard somebody say that um, you're not a, you know, that if topping from the bottom, like if you're receiving commands from your 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 bottom that you're not confident in what you're doing and that you're not experienced and I don't agree with that mm. personally I don't I, like it's you know it, it is you know you, you can actually submissives can be quite complex you could be just understanding that person in particular um, yeah but you know it's so broad yeah like it is this. yeah I mean the the topic is as complex as the power dynamics that exist between two people exactly. in the scenario that they've yeah. come together in. Yeah. So something I will say, uh, a couple of thoughts actually. So, so sorry, this is going to sound like a plug. Uh, most listeners will know that I produce consent cards, which is a list of uh, most of the questions you need to ask before an activity to make sure it goes well. 
And my feeling is that if you go through that level of communication before an activity, it's extremely unlikely that something like topping from the bottom is going to be a problem because you're going to have ironed out where you're both at in terms of skill levels, what sort of feedback you're going to be receiving, what the purpose of the scene is and so forth. So I think a lot of the time when people talk about topping from the bottom in a problematic way, it's because of a lack of communication, uh, which both parties are responsible for. And in a lot of ways, the top needs to step in and say, well, actually, it's sort of a little bit more my responsibility to make sure that communication happened if I'm really topping responsibly here. I mean, that's, that's sort of true and not true. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was just to totally take the bottoms side. I'm aware that sometimes when a bottom is controlling the scene, for instance, by saying things like, oh, no, I don't like the way you've tied me, try something else, oh, no, I don't like impact play, or no, you should do that differently, or whatever else, um, it might be because the situation or the top is not worthy of trust at the moment or trust hasn't been established. Like sometimes if you can't sink into submission and you can't just totally accept what's going on, it could be because there's a really good reason for that to be the case. So maybe you don't trust that the top is playing within their skill level or maybe you don't trust that everything's been communicated or... Yeah. It might also be that you had an inadequate pre-negotiation about your scene. Like some yes. of the examples you've given up I would have clarified going into my scene whether or not we'd be doing impact play and what parts what parts of the body and whether or not tying would happen. So I just feel like if there was the right kind of pre-negotiation and we had a good sense of what was going to happen as well as the amount of communication that we'd have between us and what the acceptable types of communication would be, that if we arrived at a place where there was a lot of topping from the bottom... Yes, it, it wouldn't be so much of a gray area that we yeah. would have kind of sorted that out beforehand. And so that would be addressed. We would stop our play. Yes. And I, I would address it saying like, all right, this is this is a problem. This is not what we agreed to. This is not the way I want to conduct the scene. So what do we need to do? Yes. Stop the scene, renegotiate, just bringing awareness to it. I'm loving what you're saying. It's like um, what presents as topping from the bottom sort of needs to be taken in one of two directions. Either pause, go back to the communication stage and work out what's going on, or take it fully in the rest of the direction and let's go brat. Let's work out the parameters on one of us, you being a brat, and let's let's see if we can break that or beat it out of you or whatever we're going to do with that. And that can be fun, you know. That, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing with brats is like, awesome. I'm, so long as it's what you signed up for. It's, 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 it's a bit weird when you think you... it's a challenge as well. Like, like it is. It is. <laughs> it's, it's awkward when you, fit, when you thought you were as the top going into, say, like a gentle meditative spanking or something yeah, like yeah. that. And, then they turn and it turns fun. out you've got a brat <laughs> on your head. Whoa. A really good one. You've got to, you've got to be on your toes there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can be tricksy. Um, great. Any any further thoughts on what's topping from the bottom? Or I feel like we've somehow managed to uh, circle round a um, what a pretty nuanced, complex topic there pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of gone gone into each little part of it. But there's again, there's so many other kind of outcomes that that, that could be you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe revisiting that idea about trust. If you're bottoming and you feel like you have to give a lot of feedback to the top because you think they are they are not doing the activities the way you had agreed upon or you realize that you're getting into an activity and they don't have the skill level that they may have represented or that you anticipated they would have, yeah. that that's a good thing to pay attention to yourself as the bottom, that these are maybe warning alarms or indicators and 
if you find that you need to top from the bottom quite a bit, that that could be a good sign to pay attention to as to whether or not you should continue to play with this person. Or there could also be, sorry, um, there could also be that maybe the environment on that day isn't quite right. Yeah. And maybe the, the things aren't working for the bottom um, because temperature, the, it, the room's too cold, or, yeah. or, or bladder, or there's too like much so noise, or, 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 or psychological just, state, or somebody yeah. just really pissed them off at work that day, and they've just yeah. finished work, and they're in a really bad mood, yeah. and, and they're kind of like going, "Oh, could you try this? Could you try this?" And it's really they haven't acknowledged that they're not in the right headspace, and it's important for both people to get in the right headspace. Uh, like dominance aren't complete. Magicians, <laughs> we, yeah. we do our best to get our submissive in the right space, but that actually ha- both parties have to kind of meet. And, yeah. And, you know, oh, and, and I love what you're saying also about uh, letting oneself off the hook when one is topping or doming a scene. Letting yourself off the hook from having to be perfect about everything. Mm. It can be so tiring and so much pressure. Yeah. Um, but just actually going, no, I'm human. I'm just making this stuff up. Yeah, I've got some skills, but far. We 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 sometimes. Just take it a little bit too we seriously. We take ourselves a bit too seriously. <laughs> and, you know, you can have fun as well, believe it or not. You know? Yeah. You can do it you with a smile a on your face and a sense and, of humor. And if you don't do anything to the script, there's no there's no BDSM god that's going to come crashing down with thunder that's going to tell you what you're doing. Yeah. It, it doesn't follow what everyone else is doing. As long as it's safe, as long as it's consensual, as long as we're, you know, we're, yep. we're not taking, causing unintentional harm to, to the other person, yep. we're just out to have, have fun. Nar. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> my, my, my last thoughts on it are, um, I, I find it useful sometimes to think in terms of, uh, having a separation between academic learning spaces and scenes. So in an academic learning space, there's no illusion of, um, power exchange or dynamic or mood. It's, uh, just playing, we're learning a skill, it's technical skills development, and the technical skill development could be you. Like I could be learning your body and how it works and what it does, but I'm not taking responsibility for the entirety of the scene. I'm not promising a mood or a state or altered states or anything like that. Uh, it's just a learning environment and it, we're both free to have all of the communication in the world in plain language, no permission first before you speak or anything like that. Um, so once you've done a whole lot of that kind of play, it makes it much easier to go fully into scene without, say, topping from the bottom being a being a problem. I imagine. Yeah, you could f- throw, you know, throw all your emotion into it and and focus yes. on the dynamic rather than technique because you've learned that technique in, in your yes. classes or in private at home. You've you've practiced your skills that you've taken from those classes. Yeah, and really good idea to do with new equipment that you're not familiar with. Even if you're familiar with this this particular genre of equipment, but it's a new piece, yes. really good to have a chance to get to know it, maybe break it in a little bit in a completely <laughs> educational I test it yes. on myself all the time. Yeah. Like yes. I'm always, also great. My yes. thighs have pro, uh, really levered up, I think. Uh, <laughs> I've tested so many things on my mm. inner thighs. And it's another good reason why it's so mm. great to switch. Uh, e- even if you never plan on being on, on the other side of the power exchange, top mm. or bottom, uh, just knowing what it's like to be there and what that experience is like, it teaches you so much more about about being on the side that you normally like to occupy. Yeah, I think it's crucial to know what something feels like if you're planning on doing it to someone else to at yeah. least have experienced it it's once. It's quite surprising as well, isn't it? You're like you use these implements <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I have no idea it feels yeah. like this. Oh my God, that's mm. what that feels yeah. like? Yeah. Wow. This is what I've been doing to people? <laughs> it looks that's so innocent. Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful. Thanks, friends. You've been listening to the question of what's topping from the bottom. 
I would love to hear a little more about what the two of you are up to. Uh, perhaps, uh, BJ, uh, what do you do? Who's it for? And where can people find you? So I'm from Eagle Lever, which is a fetish store. It's based in Abbotsford on Hoddle Street. We retail uh, everything from leather clothing, latex clothing, electric sex equipment, um, big dildos. We're really for the converted, I guess, rather than your more conventional adult stores or vanilla adult stores. Is it a spot where new folks uh, feel comfortable or do you mainly pr- uh, just uh, pitch to those that are already in the scene? Or We've actually had a big focus on uh, having um, some new people come along. I would say when I say converted, I mean yeah. people who are a bit tired of buying glittery dildos right. and, <laughs> and that have kind of thought, okay, there's other things out there and they might have a bit of an interest in BDSM. So we've, we've been running introduction to BDSM classes since the early 90s. And what's the website? Where can people find you? www. I don't need to say www. anymore, do I? It's just eaglelever.com.au. Great. Yeah, we can roll with that. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Eri, who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? Yes. I, um, I run Blue Velvet Arts, which hosts workshops on rope bondage and generally BDSM kink principles and to cultivate a consent-based culture. That's That's really one of the big areas that I focus in that I think is so important. Um, the workshops are very open to complete beginners. Um, most of them, in fact, are tailored to people who have no prior experience with rope bondage. So we start with safety, etiquette, anatomy, basic ties, and then I really encourage my students to build their own style and their own creativity. Mm, love it. And whereabouts can people find you? BlueVelvetArts.com. I host workshops in various locations around Melbourne. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for sharing your knowledge and perspective and doing that education outreach. It's been so special having your perspectives and opinions. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by CuriousCreatures.biz. Hi friends, it's uh, Rog again. Uh, If you're in Melbourne and you like the sound of what we've been discussing today, you might like one of my workshops, uh, Kink 101. Um, It doesn't assume that you are already interested in kink. I almost think of it more as just ways of extending play and expanding touch. But it does take you through the fundamentals of kink in a really safe, measured, cautious way. It's very much about your boundary setting and communication skills and limits and working out how to proceed safely uh, and also having a load of fun. Uh, I run versions of uh, the workshop for couples and for singles, and uh, there are a couple scheduled in Melbourne coming up, so please jump on the website and have a look. That's curiouscreatures.biz.